Welcome to my Life Beyond Postnatal Depression podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that life can be simple and that our dreams can come true. Being a parent or wanting to become a parent can be fun, but to do that, we need to let go of what we thought parenting and life was and create our own adventure. Each Monday, I interview everyday people and wellness experts about our parenting journeys, what we've learned, who we've become, and ways we can be even more amazing people for ourselves and future generations. And join me on Thursdays for the beginner health sessions for simple ways you can up-level your own health and wellness. Be inspired. Today, I'm chatting with Paul Mahajan. Paul helped professional women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, or math fields reclaim their feminine energy through Reiki, somatic breath work, and coaching. Paul is a 27-year-old biomedical engineer by education and works as an engineer solutions marketer at a test and measure company. As a certified life coach, a level, level two Reiki practitioner, and a certified revelation breathwork facilitator, Paul leads her clients through a transformational one-on-one program. By working on the somatic level, Paul is able to guide them into understanding behaviors, releasing what isn't serving them, and creating more feminine energy in their lives. It all starts with love and kindness. Paul is really one of a kind. She's smart and such a gentle soul, but also curious as well. She loves to get to know people better and to support them to be at their best. I met Paul while studying life coaching, and from the first call, I was like, this girl is switched on, and she's so keen to help others. It was beautiful to be in the room, aka on Zoom with her. At the time uh, we spoke, Paul was focused on working with women through trauma and trauma responses, hence this podcast episode focuses on that. We all have trauma in our lives, and it's when we can stop, become aware of it, and choose to move through it, that we can find our own beautiful power. Enjoy this episode, and Paul and I would love to know what resonated with you. So head over to my website, Instagram, or my business Facebook business page, and let us know. Be inspired. Welcome, Paul, to my podcast. It's great to have you here today, and great to be spending this time with you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. It's already started out as fun because it's just taken taken me five five goes to do the intro. So we're all we're on track. Yes, yes, I love it. Tell me, me what's bringing you the most joy at the moment? Um, so what's bringing me the most joy? I actually just recently moved into a condo that I bought all on my own, and that has been super amazing because this has been kind of a dream of mine of just like owning my own place and having my own space and I don't know being single I didn't think I could do it as fast as I could but I saved a lot and I got here and I've finished one week two weeks one or two weeks in my new place and it's just every time I'm like I'm so happy so great owning your own place isn't it such a different mindset shift it is it took me a little bit I kept like referring it to it because it's a condo or townhouse or I'm not really sure but it's not like an independent home and I always was like oh my apartment and I was like no no my home my home that I own yeah. and now I'm finally getting to the point where it's setting in and it's like really cool yeah that's awesome well thank you so much for sharing and congratulations that's a huge thank you achievement. yeah um, thank you yeah I think there's always that debate whether you continue to rent or con- or buy and I always found a lot of, I have found a lot of satisfaction in the purchase as opposed to, mm-hmm. and having a home that you can grow and evolve as opposed to something that you rent. Um, for me, it serves a purpose, but wasn't sort of the end goal effectively. Yeah. And it's a little more like I can make it mine, yeah. which is a huge, huge thing that like, I've also just, every space I have, I always felt like it wasn't mine. And now I'm slowly realizing, even if I do right, I can make it mine, but this is truly mine. So it's nice. Well, again, congratulations. That's huge. So tell us about what you do in the world. Tell us what's happening for you at the moment um, and some of the shifts and changes that are happening for you. Yeah, so that's a lot of things. Um, Well, right now, I guess, is... uh, what I'm trying to kind of bring out into the world is this idea of healing, 
on self because I went through a lot of growth and self-growth after um, my ex broke up with me like five years ago. And so it was a lot of self-discovery and a lot of the self-discovery, honestly, looking back was a lot of self-judgment. I always felt I should do something or I should be over it or I should be more independent. And all of those shows just kind of led me down a certain path and I'm fine with it. It got me here. But ever since I kind of discovered coaching and thought work and being emotionally healthy, it got me thinking that happiness isn't really the goal. And I have a lot of like baggage and stuff underneath that I just never addressed. And very recently, I would say in the past couple of months, I've kind of dove into the idea of trauma and realizing that everybody has trauma. Like no matter if you are well off or had a great home life or, you know, had a roof under your, over your head, like everyone has some sort of trauma because our bodies don't react towards comparison. They just know exactly what's happening to you and something can be traumatic. And that's when I think that was like the hugest shift in my life in the past couple of months. And I was like, oh, I have trauma. Maybe we should start healing that instead of all the shoulds that I thought I should be doing. (laughs) And so has that been really freeing for you? Like you've gone from this, I should be doing all of this sort of stuff. But if I come over here, work through the trauma, then maybe the shoulds are all gone. Actually, yeah, I've started to realize there's no perfect way to be single. There is no perfect way to find somebody. Like I'm also dating but also very content with myself. So it's like a very interesting balance that I have because culturally, like ethnically, I'm Indian. And so a lot of those cultural things also come up and those things have been like embedded in me from childhood of needing a partner and not being able to do anything on my own and also following the rules and all of these things. And so I created the structure that I thought was going to help me like move through all of that And instead, my healing journey has been like, yeah, whatever you do is fine. No rules. Yeah. And make up your own, like, no rules. Make up your own path forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what works for me today doesn't necessarily have to work for me tomorrow. And every day looks different. And that's something I'm still, like, trying to work through. Because even today, I was like, why am I so tired? for instance, and like yesterday was a great day. And in my mind, I was like, well, if it was a great day yesterday, why can't today be great too? But that's all really just like mindset and healing isn't linear. So traumas will come up, the triggers will be there, and it's just about being aware about them. Mm. And anchoring into that belief that this is where I'm meant to be today and this is what I'm, I'm going to learn something today or not or I'm just going to allow it all to be there and tomorrow will be different again. Yeah, and it's very powerful, I found, just being like, okay, I guess this is my life today. Yeah. And it's not like, not in like a ugh sort of way, but just like factual of like, okay, this is life. You did a reel, I think it was yesterday on Instagram, um, and it was, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm just going to go and cry for 30 minutes and I'll be back later. Like, and, and I can be okay with that. Like, I can be sad and it, it doesn't have to mean anything other than this is what I emotionally need to release. I thought that was yeah. really fun. It was, I laughed so hard when I first saw that, uh, that sound bit because actually this past weekend I was talking to a friend And he just, like, messaged me, oh, hey, how are you doing, like, in general. And I just started crying. And I was like, what What is happening right now? And I was like, guess this is just what I need to do today. And I was like, okay, we're just going to process this. And then I had breath work the next day. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do that. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm just going to continue crying and let this out. And that was good. I was like, this is great. Yeah. And I, I guess I had a really great day. This was yesterday. I had a really great day after that cry. <laughs> so maybe today you needed to cry too, but you know. Maybe. Otherwise. Yeah, it's all about like that being in tune with yourself kind of thing. I'm not really good at that on a daily basis, honestly. But when I am, 
it's kind of funny because I like cried when I, when my friend asked me that question, I legit just like went into it and I was like, how am I feeling? And like just crying came up and I was like, why am I crying? And it was such a bizarre thing because I think my body just needed it and I wasn't listening to it all day, I suppose. And so just trying to do that more and more of just checking in. I'm starting to put alarms in my phone of like, okay, how's your body feeling right now? Oh, and how's that working for you? Um, I ignore them a lot because I'm like, I'm busy. I like the water. Drink more water or exercise. Move your body. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, it's like, okay, snooze, snooze. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'll just dismiss it because I'm done with it. Um, But it's also similar with, like, I'm really bad at my hunger cues, which I'm not sure – Maybe it's because just societally we're told to eat three square meals and like I just eat at a certain time and I, it, it doesn't really suit my body, I don't think. And so I tried this past week to be like, let me listen to my hunger cues. I don't know what they are because I don't pay attention to my body. And that was also really weird. Mm-hmm. I get like hangry and really bad headaches. And then I'm like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> so hunger cues like it sounds so simple but I don't think most of us understand what our hunger cues are let alone like going even deeper to how are we feeling emotionally and if we don't get that deep it's very difficult to heal because we just don't recognize we're going through life almost on autopilot Mm. yeah absolutely and we're going through on autopilot on other people's stories as opposed to Mm -hmm. our own stories that we've you know kind of looked at and gone "Mm, do I really want to think this and you mentioned you know three meals a day I was living on five I was kind Mm -hmm. of going I have to eat five times a day or else I end up being hangry and you just don't want to be around me and even Chris would say you just don't want to be around Sue's when or snooze when she's you know hungry because I would have breakfast morning tea lunch afternoon tea dinner and sometimes there would be a snack at night but um in the last 12 months, I've gone to uh, fasting. So mm. I eat three times a day now, probably. So lunch, afternoon tea, dinner. That's generally my my go-to, depending on what's happening in my cycle and stuff like that. So sometimes yeah. I will have breakfast, sometimes I have morning tea, whatever. But it's just interesting to start going, well, let's just change those rules. Like let's play around with them, not even change them, just play around with yeah. them. I remember my day two of fasting and my brain was going you're gonna die stop doing this you cannot do this to yourself so um like you said just playing around with your hunger cues getting to know your body again Mm -hmm. um, at any stage of life like you don't have to wait for something to happen but just to go what if I didn't eat till lunchtime today would I be okay or do I feel like do I feel like this in my body, like eating this thing in my body, or is it my brain telling me, no, you don't want to write that document? Go off and eat those <laughs> those donuts <laughs> or those nuts or whatever it is. So who's actually talking to you when you when you're thinking about eating? Yeah, and I've also noticed I've been asking myself, am I is my brain hungry or is my body hungry? Because sometimes I'm like, I want to eat food and literally this was like an hour ago I was like oh I should make dinner and I was like but am I hungry yeah and it was just such like a weird thing I was like I don't think I am and so I just like I'm like we'll just see what happens and like I'm fine right now and I was like I don't really want an entire meal and I think I'm good and it was just a weird feeling of just stopping and asking myself because it was habitual just going into the kitchen and being like okay what can I eat yeah. yeah, it's a really good sign for like to pay attention to that because it has how we do one thing is how we do everything. So how mm-hmm. are you showing up in other areas of your life where you're just doing habitual things of like turning up, you know, into the office at 9am because that's what I've always done. Is that mm-hmm. really what you want to do? Is that how it's going to show up? Or a friendship where I have an expectation of them to to call me on a Thursday, for example. Is that true? Is that Do you really need to have that? Can you let those stories go? Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I've noticed a lot of things in life, especially as you like go through and grow older and like have all those habits built up that I'm very habitual, even in my friendships, even in my relationships, it's like, oh, we're friends. So obviously we do X, Y, Z. And obviously I do these things and that's how you build a friendship. 
And that's how I went through my life. It was just, obviously, these are the rules of friendship and we have to follow them. These are the rules of a relationship. We have to follow them. And I think that's also why I remember when I was dating my then boyfriend that we were so much better as friends than we were boyfriend and girlfriend because for some reason the title just made everything go haywire because we had all these weird expectations of like, now you have to do this in order for us to show that we're in love or whatever. And it was so like thinking back, it's so strange because it was like a habit. It was like, okay, yeah, obviously we do these things and it, our heart wasn't even in it. We just did them. Yeah. And interesting you should raise that because I really struggled with that when Chris and I got together and I would say, he's my friend. And I still say, first and foremost, he's my friend. Um, yes, we're married and he's my husband and I can call him that now, but I would never call him a boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, he was in his 40s, so there was no boy there. It was like a man friend, yeah. right? Um, and then being even being a fiancé, like I was like, oh, yeah, we're getting married, but I don't call him my fiancé. <laughs> like it was just never a thing. So actually taking away and stripping away those labels, for me the friendship was more important and obviously being we were best friends and we still are best friends yeah. um, but allowing that to evolve and change and grow over time as well without being wedded to the he needs to do this now or I need to mm-hmm. do that and we did have a stage of that don't get me wrong there have been there have been stages for that sort of stuff and you know we talk a lot about manuals uh, you know in terms of life coaching mm-hmm. and, and having manuals on people um but you know, like having those expectations around how a person should be and how they should turn up um, can really affect our relationship, one with them, but also our relationship with ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting, like you didn't even feel the need to use those terms. And yeah, there might be some baggage to them, but you were like, I'm just going to use my own terms. And that I feel like it's just almost like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to work, I'm going to use what worked for me. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. And so, yeah, it was really good to be able to do that. And I'm sure, you know, like, you know, a little bit about my postnatal depression journey, but um, perhaps I could have applied those tools quicker, sooner kind of thing to help me even avoid that kind of process. Like, how do I want to show up asking those questions? What is my birth plan? What is the, um, how, what is my post baby plan? What do I think that looks like? Um, and maybe talking out some of that with a coach would have been really supportive because I did have a few ideas around things that I was going to get up and running and I was going to be fit uh-huh. again, like get my fitness back and I was going to have this business and I'm like, where does a baby sit and fit, <laughs> fit into that? So having someone to sort of talk through some of those challenges and like you said, work mm-hmm. through some of the, you know, not that it was trauma at that point, but trauma down the track, but having somebody to to spend some time with and go, is that really what you want to think? And then, you know, mm-hmm. like we just talked about being me just calling Chris a friend and a boy and a best friend kind of thing, um, making my own decisions. And if we can do that through like where you're at in your life and starting to unpick that sort of stuff, that's going to really set you up for down the track when you do get into that relationship and you do want to get married if that's what you want to do or have children or buy another house, all of that sort of stuff. But doing it with somebody else um, certainly makes things complicated, but you'll have a really good foundation to move forward. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that. I almost feel like life coaching at different stages can also be like preventative medicine almost of just like here's all the tools that I'm learning and trying to, you know, heal certain parts. So if and maybe when it gets kind of bad, I know how to get myself out of it. And like, it's like building up your immune system, like mental and emotional immune system is just going through these tools. And it's funny, like I, a couple of my clients, they're actually single moms. And one of them I was talking about priorities and time priorities and things like that. And like, she was going through the list and she was like, there's not even like room for another human being like because she was planning on dating and I was like yeah like you have to think about that is that a priority for you and if it is things are going to have to move around and I was talking to myself as much as I was talking to her because right now being single like I really do want to have kids one day I want to get married and I have so many of my friends are moms or single moms or 
married and like planning to have kids. And I see all of them, they have so many different journeys. And I had this plan growing up. I was like, this is what's going to happen. And I'm obviously going to be able to like have this perfect pregnancy. And that was in my mind. And now seeing all these different stories, I'm like, I can't plan anything. All I can plan is my own mindset, my own journey, my own crap in my body and just, you know, know that I'll be okay afterwards or during, or it doesn't even, I don't even know. (laughs) But you can set up the, you know, your own thoughts around how you want Mm -hmm. to think about these sorts of things. And one of the tools that I find really empowering is, um, and I was just actually thinking about it, I um, applied to do some work for someone earlier in the year. I didn't get the job but or I didn't get the the contract effectively, but I already chose how I would think about that post the outcome. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the outcome, I just decided I'm proud of you. And for some reason I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, you know, that thought is still with me. I'm still proud of you for applying and and you know working towards achieving that. So depending yeah. you know, even moving into a relationship, whether you decide to move into a relationship or not, still deciding that I'm, you know, perhaps I'm proud of you or you know, we're going to be happy no matter what mm-hmm. is, is a freeing thought in itself. Yeah. And I've been dating recently too. And that has been an interesting journey for me. Cause funny enough, I've never actually dated in order to get a relationship. The relationships have always been with my best friends. And so this is a very new experience for me. And in the beginning I was completely like, this is going to suck. And I hate all of it. It's going to be super awkward And most of them were, honestly. (laughs) And then I realized that it was just, I was just meeting people. Like, when I just think of it that way, I'm like, I'm meeting new people. I do that all the time. It's not weird or awkward. I mean, if it is, like, it's funny, but it's not terrible. And so even going through that and not judging and just enjoying and being authentically me has been a shift. Like before it was like dating etiquette. These are the things you should be doing. The rules, of course, they come up always. And as like every date goes by, I'm like, I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to have fun. And every time my parents were like, oh, how'd that date go? I was like, I had fun. I don't know about him, but I had fun. So it didn't even matter what we did, what we talked about. I was enjoying every moment of it. And most of them, I'm like, I don't really think we have a future together, but it was very freeing just knowing I had fun. I knew exactly how I felt going in and I knew I'd feel that way going out. Yes. Yeah. And so you're dropping all the, like you said, the judgment, the shoulds, all of that sort of stuff. You're just going, I'm going to come in and meet people, which I do all the time. So this is nothing new and let's just have a fun time while we're doing it and then see you know, maybe there'll be a friendship, maybe there'll be something more, or maybe there'll be nothing. But that doesn't matter because I had fun anyway. Exactly. And it's just so freeing. And going into a relationship, any sort of relationship, like a friendship, so my friendships, they're all, now that I'm looking at it, they're all very different. I have friends who are strictly online that I met through coaching. I have some that, you know, have moved away and we don't talk all the time. I have childhood friends that we don't talk all the time. I have someone that I talk to every single day. Yeah but I love every single one of them and it doesn't matter because I have chosen that just it's so I don't apply it to everywhere but it's nice to have this golden rule stamp rule standard that I've created for myself like you know you can love anybody so it doesn't matter what happens yeah because you get to choose Mm-hmm. it's not whether or not they think you're lovable or any of that sort of stuff it's just you get to choose and I've got a friend who I met through my health coaching studies who's like a soul sister to me like and we have never physically been in a room together we've been on lives together we've done a couple of those but nothing else you know what I mean so but yet we have these amazing conversations every fortnight where I get to be on the the line with her. I get to know her life inside and out, all the challenges, same vice versa. And it's just such an honour to be able to hold that space for her. And, yeah, like I said, I've never never physically sat down with her. And the amount of it, like you, you, because you're in the States, the amount of people that I meet over there, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'd have to go and spend, like, a couple of years to get around everybody to say hi. (laughs) 
to be fun. Yeah, already planning so many trips after this pandemic is over. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You said earlier that happiness isn't the goal. Can you expand on that for me? Yes. Um, my, I, don't, I always tell people, I'm like, happiness isn't, isn't the goal humanness is. And every time I see that, I think it's, I don't know, it just makes me smile because it's just so like pure. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be achieving something more. It's just, I'm human. And like, that's all I need to be. And I'm already there. Like I've already achieved being a human. (laughs) I'm here. So there's nothing more I have to do. And happiness, like, is an emotion and growing up it always was this beautiful thought like happiness is the goal like you don't need money you don't need that you need happiness Mm -hmm. and when I wasn't happy a hundred percent of the time or when I was sad about really dumb stuff like even my grades or my boyfriend or being single I was like no I need to be happy and that was it that was that was the thought and that was one of the shoulds Mm -hmm. that I thought I should feel um and I feel like it's not I don't think it's necessarily maybe a trauma in my body. It could be, but having any other emotion other than the good emotions were pretty frowned upon growing up, like in the community, even in school, like you weren't allowed to be angry really or sad because it was not okay. Like you have to always accommodate for everyone's feelings. You have to accommodate for your feelings. And so everyone just had to be happy and having fun and people got angry if you were angry or sad. And so it was just not a good space to be not happy. And so that just instilled more in me of like, no, I got to be happy. And I just beat myself up every time I was not, I never, I really never cried in front of anybody. I could count on my like hands, a handful of times since probably like high school or middle school where I cried in front of somebody and for context, I'm 27. And so this last year, I would say I have cried as many times, like probably three or four or five times as I have in the last like 10, 15 years to people in front of people. And that just saying that out loud, I'm like, wow, I never want anyone else to feel that way. I was like, nope, cry, do it. Like always saying that, but I've never said it to myself. And I think that was also really part of my healing journey of you can cry. You can talk about crying. Like even just me saying like, I cried. It was just pretty casual. Talking about it makes it more normalized. And then it doesn't become a stigma. It might be stigma for someone else, but it didn't become a stigma for me. So I can just talk about it. Super normal. I can do it in front of people like my best friend who I've been best friends with for four or five years, never cried in front of them, but very recently I did. And I was just like, wow, the world didn't explode. (laughs) I can do this. Like they weren't pushed away. Like it was just all these stories in my head. I didn't realize I had until I just like let myself be. So it was almost like the opposite of like, I didn't do the healing first. I had to do the authentic action and then recognize, oh, I can heal from this. Mm. And that you, yeah, you can see that and have the evidence of that emotion and then go, like you said, the world didn't end. Like my brain was telling me it was going to happen. Everybody's still stuck by me or allowed me the space to be here. Like it's not like I was standing here by myself. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, just then being able to see the evidence of the fact of how transformative it was for you. And I imagine the people that you were able to be present with in those sort of um, spaces would have found that very freeing or transformative for themselves as well. You almost gave them permission to do the same. Yeah, and they were very honoured. They were like, no, thank you for feeling safe with me. And I was just like, wow, Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that to come out of my mouth. Nope. I was just like, first my instinct was to say sorry, and I did, but I was like, no, thank you for being there. And they were like, no, thank you for, you know, allowing me to be there. And I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And I understand not everyone has that response, but one of my friends slash coaches always tells me, like, you attract those people in your life. And so giving myself some credit of I have allowed them into my space and they have allowed me into their space. Mm. Like just feels really good. Mm. 
And what I'm hearing there also is that they didn't try to fix you. They just. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? (laughs) That's so, I'm glad you said that. Like, yeah, all they were like, yeah, just cry. Like you're allowed to feel this way. Yeah. They didn't go, yeah, you could do it this way or you could do it that way. Or maybe if you had to come at it from this perspective or how can I calm you down so that you're not crying kind of thing. Yeah. Let's sit here. Uh, that is very interesting. I have a background in engineering. And so like the whole fixing thing is like very ingrained in me. If there's a problem, you fix it. There's a solution. And I definitely went through life like that with my friends, but also with myself. I'm like, okay, there's an issue. Like we can't be like mad about it. What's, how can we solve it? And that has created a lot of arguments with a lot of people. Cause I'm like, let's fix it. They're like, I don't want to fix it. I'm like, but why? You're not happy. Yes. Never occurred to me that they could just be unhappy for a little bit. And I started to learn that. Yeah. And then experiencing it myself, I'm like, yeah, I didn't want anyone to fix it. Yeah. Because often people don't know the answer for you. Like most, as coaches that we know, mm-hmm. like people don't know the right answer. They can come up with solutions like that they think might be the right answer, but it's really mm-hmm. so powerful and so interesting when you ask somebody what would be the next step. And for some people it is, I just need to sit here for a while. Okay, let's sit here for a while. We don't have to do it. Yeah. don't even have to talk. But for some other people, like you may have an idea that they're going to do X and they'll go, no, I just need to do Y. You're like, where the hell did that come from? But okay, let's go down that path. It's like we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's set that up and keep moving forward. I think that's the beauty of, you know, that bio-individuality and everybody's unique and everybody's got their own journey. Um, Yeah. So it's really cool. I was just reflecting on a conversation that I had with a coach um, I was being coached at the time and we had talked about um, uh, just some, it was trauma, I guess, um, just some feelings that had come through from my upbringing. And, um, and she said, well, you know, how would you like to move forward? We've got to create some action items because it was part of an exam sort of thing. And I said, you know what I really want to do? I want to do meal planning and I want to do that from a place of love. And she was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> seriously. I was like, yeah, that's really weird. And when we did the wrap-up at the end, she goes, I totally didn't expect that. And I was like, neither did I, but that's what came out. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to have some fun while we do it. Yeah. Sometimes just listening to your body and being like, this sounds a little dumb, but, like, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what humanness means to you. Like you talked about, you know, happiness isn't the goal, it's being human. Um, and you mm-hmm. talked a little bit around how that is defined, but what does it actually mean to you? So when someone, like, when you said the word humanness, like, I literally imagined, like, this being with, like, all these colors around them and just, like, very free and open. And that's kind of just what I imagine every human to be. Like, we're all, we have all these different shades within us, all these colors, all these, like, expressions and uniqueness and, like, how we express it. And that's kind of the goal I think is just to be very you like that that's it like every time I do something like even if it's something small like I got my nose pierced and I was like that's me like literally as soon as I got it pierced I was like that's me I have to take it out for something so now it's closed but it's gonna happen again but when I did that, it was just very automatically, this is me. Um, when I cut my hair short, I've always had really long hair. That was also like an identity thing. And then when I cut it short, I was like, this is me. <laughs> like as soon as that happened, I was like, this is me. And now I like want to dye my hair color. Um, and I work in corporate as well as being a coach. And so that was like a bit of a, should I be, am I allowed to do this? You know, quote unquote. Um Thankfully, I have a very open workspace. And so they were like, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want. Because I was very inspired by everyone there. Like, they all have their uniqueness. Like, people have their hair colored. They have tattoos. They have different clothing choices. And I love seeing that because it's very expressive and very them. And so that's kind of what I think humanness is, is just kind of showing your colors in a very, like, loving way. Like, they do it because they love whatever they're wearing, whatever their hair is. And it's all from love. It's not generally people don't choose those things out of hate for the most part. 
And so just having that expression, like I have a friend who just really likes really neutral plain stuff and she wears t-shirt and jeans and she loves it. And I love that she loves it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be crazy. It just has to be them. Yes. Yeah. Authentically you. And I often, this isn't to criticize. I often see people with, you know, perhaps tattoos or they've got the hair dye and that sort of stuff because they want to be different. And I'm like, but Mm -hmm. you already are different. And yeah, if we can embrace that differentness, maybe you'd still dye your hair, maybe you'd still get the tattoos, maybe you'd still get the piercings, but maybe that'd mm-hmm. look a little different. What would that look like? And having that exploration can be really fun. Yeah, almost like, okay, I'm okay with where I'm at. Like, I didn't need to have my nose pierced for my hair cut, but I was just like, I'm kind of good with what this is. Like, let me try something new. And then when that clicked, that's when I was like, okay, this is my expression. This is how I want to do it. Like, there's not a right way or a wrong way, but it's just about trying different things and really just being in tune with where you are at. Like, now that I don't have my nose ring because it closed up, it's not that I hate myself now. I'm like, oh, I'm not me anymore. I'm just like, well, this is me now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter if it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm here. Like, this is where I'm at. I'll maybe get it eventually again. But right now, like, I'm cool with my nose. Excellent. Yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the stories of how I should be as opposed to how I am and just accepting where I am, whether it be how I look or where I'm at in life and go, okay, I don't have to stay here and I might get the nose ring in a, you know, in a month. I might get it mm-hmm. in six months or a year, whatever. It just depends on where I'm at. But even with life, like you can kind of go, oh, I'm in this job, but maybe I don't want to be here forever. Okay, well, what's the next thing that you want to create? Love where you yeah. are now. Love that you don't have a nose ring and then go, but I'm going to get that anyway. Same with the job. Yeah. Love the job or love the relationship and then move on from there um, into, mm-hmm. the, into the next evolution because it's all driven by you. Nobody yeah. else can do it for you. And when you do it from love, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I love it here too. Yeah. Good. yeah. We're good. We're good. So, like, thinking about now that you have all the tools and stuff like that, when things crop up for you, when you have challenging times in your life, do you find that you move through those things quicker now or is it sort of still the same amount of time? What happens for you? I think my first thought was that it becomes quicker because I've been single for over five years now and probably the first four were like me quote unquote discovering myself and all that. And I think since I found the tools and really have gone through coaching eight months, I probably made 10 times much progress than I did in four years. And so definitely that aspect of just seeing my entire journey of, it was just super fast tracked. I was like, wow, like, where I am today was not where I was last year, like complete 180 difference. It feels like, um, on a day to day basis, I think it has kept me a little more calm and more introspective. Like the past weekend I had like an anxiety attack, couldn't really pinpoint it, but before it used to really stress me out to the point of maybe a panic attack. And this time I was just like, okay, like, my body is now my circumstance. Like what's happening here? Like, this is just how it's going to be. Like, what can I do to support it? That was my first thought was like, how can I support my body right now? Mm-hmm. And then, so I did like some exercise. I did Reiki, I did meditation and like those things didn't cure it, but it was really comforting knowing that I could do it myself. And then also I reached out for help too. Like I called my parents and I was like, Hey, like this is happening. Like, do you have suggestions? And it wasn't from a freak out place. It was like, how can I support me? And I need somebody's help to support me right now. So let me just ask them all from a place of love. And I feel, and I feel like I do that more often of when I'm super stressed out or overwhelmed. I first look in and I'm like, okay, what's wrong right now? Like, what can I do to support how I feel right now? And sometimes it's like, you just need a break. (laughs) You just need a break. (laughs) You're going to like take a nap or you're going to go for a walk or you're just going to step outside Um, and just like getting myself physically out of a space for me at least helps and just calming down of like, okay, now what can we do? And I think it's helped for probably 75, 80% of the time that 20% is still, you know, being human and freaking out and being like, what is happening? (laughs) Um, 
but I think I recognize it faster. Even if I don't recognize it in the moment, yes, I'm able to like assess it afterward and be like, oh, that's what I was doing there. Okay, now I'm prepared for the next time it happens. Yeah, so you, it's like that compound effect from the tool. So you may not see it straight away, but the next time you see it pretty, uh, a bit quicker, you might still be in the middle of it, but you kind of yeah. see it and then you're like, oh, oh, right, we're here, okay. And so and it gets faster and faster and you go, oh, this is what's happening to me. I can mm-hmm. feel it. And like you said, my body is a circumstance. It's just a thing that's happening. How do I want to think and feel and act? And therefore, what are the results that I want to create off the back of this? So, yeah, yeah, I definitely find that myself as well where the, you know, I, I had a panic attack to, I think it was two Fridays mm-hmm. ago, I can't even remember now. But, um, and then it was just like 20 minutes and I was done. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's really interesting. And all I had to do was check the facts because my brain was telling yeah. me one thing and the actual facts were something different. And I went, oh, that's really, really interesting. So it's good that yeah. the tools are really supporting you as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, compounding effects and just, I don't know, the word support is so like, it has helped me a lot of like, how can I support myself? I really love that comment, like that thought or question that you asked, how can I support my body right now? Like what Mm -hmm. what could be a benefit? And then you went into like, what are all the tools that I already have? Let's try this one and let's try that one. And nothing, like it didn't cure it, but it was able to relieve some pressure and then you're able to then open up your mind to go okay well maybe I can ring my mum and dad and have a conversation with them but Mm -hmm. if you you probably couldn't have done that at the start but because you then put those things in place then you're like okay I'm open to whatever else can come in the door as well yeah because it's very much the whole I know I can have my own back and because I have the tools and even just like the aspect of like the hunger even of like the entire point is learning how to support my body. And if I don't need the food, then that's what my body needs at the moment. And so just like those little things, like I've been trying to use that phrase a little bit more of like, how can I support me? Or how can I support even my friends? Like, I'm like, okay, what do you need support in? Mm. Cause that just feels very disarming. Like you don't need to do anything. It's like, maybe the support is just sitting there. Maybe support is taking a nap. Yeah. And it's a question that Chris and I, we both ask each other, actually, how can I support you through or in this moment? Like, or like when we wake up, we don't always do this, but it's like, tell me three things you're grateful for. What's one thing Mm -hmm. that I could support you in today? And often in the past, Chris would go, can you just make dinner? Because I'm I'm over making dinner. I'm like, okay, I'll make dinner for you. Like, no problems, you know, that kind of stuff. Can be the simplest little things, but then that just frees up their mind to go, okay, now I can get on with the rest of the day. Yeah. And honestly, the little things make a huge difference in our lives. There's so many little things and it's always the little things and like the things that make you have joy as well as the ones that make you feel stressed. It's always the little things. Yeah. Bring in and do more like the little things are the things that we remember when somebody is no longer in our life like and they yeah. can be the annoying things <laughs> you kind of go yeah are they tapping away at the table again like seriously and then you they're not there anymore and you miss that kind of sound so yeah. appreciating that there is a value in those little things and then if you can support somebody in doing some of the little things that are our day to day like for me, I've been doing a lot of washing lately, which Chris is like, who is she? Because I would leave it all to him. Um, but he's going, I really appreciate you doing that because now I don't have to think about it. I don't have to have the mental load on that sort of stuff. And so taking off some of that mental load for for ourselves, but also the people around us, um, in, in whether it be in a, like a, a marriage like I am or just a friendship, like just asking how can I support you and knowing that you're there to support them is a really helpful and I like that you mentioned that Chris thanks you afterwards or just even during it because I think that's a step we all forget especially with ourselves like thank you for doing that because now it's so much better that you did it yeah and that's been a real um journey for me because particularly say I would 
go to netball on a weekend, so a sport. I would play netball and I'd come home and Chris would give me the laundry list. Like he would give me everything that he has done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you want? Do you want me to give you a medal? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you actually asking for in this, in this moment? And, of course, he's asking to be seen. But the moment that I just started picking up on those things, at, particularly when they were happening or if I've been out and he's done a whole pile of things, I say, thank you, you know, the floors look great. Oh, it's great that the washing's in and dinner's made. I really appreciate you. It just mm-hmm. shifted our relationship to another level. Like there was no more because my brain was telling me that, well, I do all of those things, a lot of things, maybe differently, but I don't have to have the laundry yeah. list. Like I don't have to roll that out for you. But then he uh-huh. started to notice some of the things that I was doing. And so he would say, oh, thanks for doing the floors today or, you know, now thanks for getting that washing in. You know, thanks. <laughs> it was the other night. Thanks for making dinner because he hadn't actually asked and I just made dinner and he goes, I was really over making dinner. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> no worries. I, just, I just kind of did it. But actually appreciate, appreciating each other, you know, creates more appreciation in your life and more things to be grateful for as well. Yeah, because there's a part of us, like even for myself, like when I do things for myself in the house, it's like, oh, I have to do it. It's expected. I shouldn't be thanking anyone or myself for it. Yeah. But when I like clean the place and like in the morning, I'm just like, oh, thank you, pass me. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So I was like, appreciating. Like, yeah, it's not, it's like, I feel like it's expected, but it really isn't. Like, I don't have, no one has to do anything. So when you do even something of like, I made dinner earlier and I wasn't really hungry. Well, it was supposed to be lunch, but I wasn't hungry, but I was just so thankful that I did it. I was like, oh, I'm so proud of myself for doing that earlier. Yeah. So on Sunday night for dinner, we had like uh, roasted chicken with this um, salsa, basically, like just chopped up veggies, salad, basically. And so yesterday I was going, what can I have for lunch? Oh my gosh, I've got that. That's so easy. Like, and now I can just roll that back out. You know, there's not 50 containers and I don't mind making myself a salad, but it was already made. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for myself for doing this last night. (laughs) So good. And actually, I really don't like cooking, um, or at least I've always told myself that. And recently I've been doing that more. And because I had this experience the past two days of like, oh, thank goodness I did this. Like, I'm so happy. It makes me be like, okay, I need to make sure I do it more often because I loved it. Yeah. And that's what I went with the the salsa, like this base of, um, it's basically Mexican chicken. So you, you fry up the chicken or barbecue the chicken and we roasted mm-hmm. it. Um, and then I just make this like salsa thing underneath it. So capsicum and tomatoes and cucumbers and that sort of stuff. And so then I was just like, oh, my gosh, this would be so easy for everybody. Like I need to share that because it's really simple. Like on a Sunday afternoon, just chop up all these veggies, put them into here, put them in the fridge, and then when you're doing your salads during the week, done, 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 done. Like love it yes yeah and what something my intuition was telling me um earlier this year and I'm still playing around with it but it just this thought came into my head where I'm proud of you and I was just like where did that come from like I'm literally looking around the room of like who said that and what does that mean I'm like what are you proud what are you proud of like I don't know what I'm proud of and then I was like okay let's you know sit in this uncomfortable space because that feels really uncomfortable to me and think about what are, what am I proud of and that was really transformative and that voice just kept coming popping up in my head and I'm like oh this is this is a fun thing to play with so you know doing that I I'm you know, thank you for doing, thank you, my past self for, you know, making that salad or thank you for cleaning the house or whatever it is so that I can sit here and relax or just I can eat this yummy meal right now. Simple mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. I find it so funny that you were uncomfortable with love for yourself, which is like, it's funny now, but I, same, I was very uncomfortable. I was like, I feel like this is very selfish yeah. to like me or appreciate the things that I've done it was definitely a huge shift in my life and sometimes I'm like okay like you need to get off your high horse but like in a funny way of not you know just it's funny at that point not oh you need to like really be humble it's like humbleism is like extreme in my opinion of you should be proud of what you've done you don't need to like say it off to the top of the world and tell every single person in the world, but you can be proud of it. You can bask in that proudness. Yeah. 
And I'm, you know, like we'll ask, I'll ask you a question about self-love in a minute because self-love has been a cornerstone to everything that I've done. Um, and so, but then going, oh, but here I am uncomfortable about saying I'm proud of you. Like where does that come from? Like what is that thought that I'm not good enough? Like, oh, my gosh, there's so much more to be done. Like how can I just sit here and be proud of what I've achieved so far because I haven't gotten as in in air quotes, as far as I would want, like I'm not as successful, I don't have this, I don't have that, whatever the, you know, definitions are. But it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to go, okay, well, how can I be proud and happy and create some self-love for myself right here in this moment and just sit with it and allow it to actually be there? Yeah, it's definitely like I feel like I just need a tattooed on me of you don't need to have everything put together right now. Like moved into a new place, learning to live on my own again and cooking it and all these things, trying to like maintain all this stuff. And if something goes wrong, my brain's automatically like, why can't you get your stuff together? Like, this is, this is terrible. Like you can't do this alone. You can't do all these things. And I was like, look, no, 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 I'm doing great <laughs> for where I'm at. Yeah. So I was like, that's it. Yeah. I don't have to be more than this. This is okay. Yeah. 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 and just accepting it and it's great yeah I think we could talk for hours there's lots of thoughts that have come through this so I'm sure lots of people will get so many things that they can take away which is awesome yeah is there anything else that you would like to add before I wrap us up I don't think so no. self-love is great try it out yeah well and that was something I was you know you said everybody has trauma so how do people what are you know, what would be the first step for you to encourage them to move through some of that trauma? I think a big thing a lot of people have with trauma is they wish they didn't have it. And that can be really hard because there's like traumas and the experiences that create it can be vastly different for every single person. But wishing it away doesn't help like it happened it sucked that it happened but it's more about accepting it as a part of you and providing the love that you wish you had during that moment mm-hmm. to yourself in there and that has been a huge thing of my inner child of a lot of things happen to you but this is the love that I wish I received at that moment so I'm going to give it to you and that's fine So I think that's the biggest thing of just looking at your trauma or your traumatic inner child or trauma self, any of that with just complete love that you wish you had. That's a beautiful way to wrap up. Um, I don't think I need to say anything more. (laughs) I've written that down for a note for myself. So it's really cool. So tell me about self-love. What's one thing that you do for self-love? Um, I feel like there's so many little things I do, but all of them happen in a time that I just call me time. Mm-hmm. I specifically, like, even with my dates or with my friends, I'm just, like, Saturday evenings or Friday, I'm, I just don't talk to anybody. Like, that is my thing of I don't want any human contact. I don't want to talk to anyone. Like, this is my time. I'm also an introvert, so that's also my recovery time. And before, I used to pack myself up. And now it's like, nope, I need this time. And during those times, I, like, either do a little spa day, like, take a really long shower, put face masks on, like, all those physical things, which part of the whole self-love was understanding what my love languages were. And it's interesting, like physical touch and quality time are huge for me. And so physical touch for myself is, you know, pampering my body. And so I'm going to do that. And it's super fun whenever I do that. And with quality time, it's just like, I'm just sitting and watching TV and cuddling with myself and being like, I'm enjoying this moment because I chose to. So just those things of being with myself. Yeah. Thank you for encouraging us to look at the love languages from a personal perspective rather than looking mm-hmm. at it from a what do I need from this relationship 
with somebody else? Like what do I need from the relationship within myself? And for me it's quality time and I do that a lot. So I love, I'm an introvert too, so I love that downtime, like that's my recharge time Um, and I just Mm -hmm. love turning off everything and just being quiet. Like it's so good for my soul. So thank you for reminding us of that. So tell me, what's one thing that you do for fun? Um, I love doing all sorts of art. So I have a very big creative background. And recently, my thing is embroidery. Um, and that kind of goes into my self-love a little bit and like self-maintenance. But any sort of creative aspect, um, like recently, just this weekend, my friend and I, we picked up a bunch of leaves and did like kind of stamp art a little bit on acrylic. And that was just super fun because it was something new and creative. And it just like, it also helps me just not be per- perfect. And that's what I love about it. I'm just like, I'm just going to try this out and see where it goes. So that's, that's my fun, fun time. Yeah. And coming from an engineer background where everything was probably a little bit more perfect, that's sort of yes. breaking that mold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really was very perfect in my art too. Like everything has to be very clean and cut. And I discovered charcoal in college and that is super messy. And I just loved that. Like I got the dust everywhere. Like it was on my face, on my hands, like it was just everywhere. And that like, it felt very grounding. So when I want to feel grounded and like, I don't know, close to my inner self, like I tend to do things like charcoal or hand paint or anything that like involves my hands just so I can feel more connected and a little messy. That's cool. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Very empowering too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so you've given us lots of information today. So if the listeners and I could take one thing out of today to implement into our own life in service of you, what would that be? Trying to think of like the most practical thing. And I know I said I wasn't that great at it, but honestly, once a day, just having a self check-in is, I think, the most practical thing of, it could be in the morning or in the evening, middle of the day during lunch of just like, how am I feeling? And asking yourself, what can I do to support myself today? And the simple way that you did that was through a reminder in your phone, like just having a pop up and just going, okay, maybe just sitting with this for five seconds sometimes that's all you can do sometimes you can do a minute um something I was doing and it's a little bit um it hasn't got it's not hugely consistent but I'm doing it in different ways at the moment it's just when Chris leaves with Teddy in the morning I sit outside for five minutes and Mm -hmm. I said can't have a cup of tea can't have my phone can't have anything it's just me and my thoughts and I try to clear off all the thoughts that are coming in about people are going to think I'm weird because I'm sitting out here they're going to see me as they drive past here goes the school bus what are all the kids thinking you know some of those thoughts that are coming up so just being able to create some sort of space for yourself during the day like for that self-check-in would be really valuable for everybody yeah and I've done it I mean I ignore it sometimes but today I literally was like I sat, I stood in the middle of my hallway and I was like, wait, what am I feeling? Like, it was just like, while I was walking across, I'm like, how do I feel right now? Like, do I need food? Do I need this? Like, what do I need? And it was just because I've done it enough times that it just like came into my head and I was like, okay, came into my head, let's do it. So yeah, even if you're not an alarm person, just thinking about it can get you, get you moving have a post-it note around the house like yeah yeah come up on your computer screen like be on your you know your screensaver or something like that and even coming Mm -hmm. back to the question you asked before how can I support my body right now like what does it need you know that's a really powerful question too yeah so just little two things and it won't take a mere like 10-15 seconds every day yeah it's okay to slow down I think is what we need to tell and remind people is we seem to think that this busyness is is what we're meant to be doing, but I I disagree. I have finally mm-hmm. come to the point where I disagree <laughs> with that. I know that I took busy out of my language a while ago, but I was still mm-hmm. doing the action of busy. So now just being able to slow down, I think, and like you said, you know, it doesn't take long, but mm-hmm. give yourself permission to just take whatever time it needs to take. Um, in a, yeah. And you can do these things in amongst everything else that you've got going on as well. 
Yeah. You could literally be working at your desk and being like, okay, how can I support me? And like, maybe at that moment, you're not really allowed to take a nap, but maybe you just need rest. So like, how can you get that rest in there? And there's so many different types of rest. Like there's just so many things you can do. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. So where can people find you? Where is the best connect place to connect with you online? We're out in the world. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is probably the best. It's where I do all my content. It's chai with parl. So chai is an Indian tea. So it's like tea with parl. Um, but chai is C-H-A-I and then with and then parl is P-A-R-U-L. Um, my website's linked on there, but that's kind of where I do all my fun stuff of my reels and content. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for our time together today. It's been really lovely to chat with you and thank you for sharing everything that you did and for being you out in the world. Thank you for shining your light. No, thank you so much. I love this so much and I'm excited for everyone to just, you know, love themselves a little more. Thank you for joining me today and I have a couple of small favours to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also, to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honoured you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.